1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Yes, Come on, Christmas
3: music. Good morning. Welcome to the morning beats. I wish we were coming in with West Side Story, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, because I saw it this weekend in Michaela Gordon. Ooh, child. I are so
2: excited.
3: I was in tears.
2: I know. I saw a few people post about it. They were obsessed with it. You were go- obsessed. I'm going
3: to tell you this. That original film had such an impact on me as a little boy. I posted about it this weekend on my Facebook and how I was a little queer kid at Immaculate Conception Elementary School, right? Catholic school. And Sister Laura showed us this this film, the original, over the course of a few days in her music class. Everybody else fell asleep. They were annoyed, blah, blah, blah. I was enthralled, and I, it began my love affair with musical theater. Fast forward to 2021. After all we've been through the last two years, and Steven Spielberg uh, is doing the remake. Icon. With Ariana DeBose, who we've had on the show. Ansel Elgort playing Tony, who I've interviewed many times. And Rita Moreno you know, coming back and playing a new role. Everything about this film was perfect. And I'll tell you what, if you haven't seen West Side Story yet, get to the theater. It's literally the reason we go to theater. It will blow your mind. It's almost three hours long, two and a half hours long, and it flies by.
2: I love that. I'm so happy that you saw it. I know you were so excited. I would have loved to have gone with you. Unfortunately, I had to be with mother yesterday.
3: You had a rough weekend. So
2: I did not. A literal rough
3: weekend. Rough, rough. Uh,
2: Tough stuff. I will say, let me tell you this. I've had a dog that got sick and died, but there's something different about like your baby, baby. Yeah, Rocco's my baby, baby. Mm. Rocco, I don't know what he did, but he was so sick, but we have a problem in, uh, Los Angeles and I don't know who to bring it up to, but I'm pretty upset because I feel like during COVID when Bruno got sick last year, it was really difficult to get into vets because yes. of all of these rules. Yep. And I could understand that. But my dog, Rocco, was very, very ill. He was projectile, vomiting, foam. Literally, I don't want to get too graphic, but he was it was coming everywhere. Like, he was super sick. Yeah. We could not get him into a vet's office it's yesterday.
3: terrible. We got a dog last year. I can't get that dog in to see a vet for weeks at a time.
2: Yeah. And he was like, and they're like, well, sorry, if it's an emergency, go to ER. And I was like, I've already called ER. I'd still have to wait six to eight hours. And they're like, well, sorry. And I don't understand how, after boosters, after everything, how we're still waiting yeah. to get our pets into the vet. Maybe we'll bring that up with Doc Halligan tomorrow. I did call her, but I think it's it was uh, it was an awful experience.
3: Yeah, she's usually great at getting things done. But who, like how many people have like a friendly vet on speed dial They can yeah. just call out of their cell phone, like? It, it, I hear you. It's it's impossible. And what it does is it makes me not get my dog sometimes. I, I just like, oh, he didn't get his follow-up shots for his flu shot? Okay, whatever. But let me Too say this. Too much
2: work. So two, two weeks ago, me and my partner got into a fight about this because we wanted to go to Palm Springs and we wanted the dogs to get babysat at the place down the street. But
3: they have to have their flu and their shots. they have shots. to have their shots. And mm-hmm. they were
2: one month late and we couldn't take him. I feel like it's kind of a it's we're being put in a difficult situation as dog owners here in Los Angeles because in yeah. Vegas it's not like that. We take him mm. to the vet, if they don't feel good and you're in mm. pretty upset.
3: Well, I hope he feels better soon. <sighs> Maybe you should take him to the movies. Maybe you should take him to see West Side Story. Oh, it, it worked for me.
2: Listen, you might like it.
3: You'd probably love it.
2: I feel like you would like musical theater.
3: (laughs) Right now it's time for news on the beat. What do you got for us? All
2: right. Well, a new mandate that requires people in New York State to wear a mask in all indoor public spaces unless businesses implement a vaccine requirement goes into effect today. The new rule was announced late last week by Governor Kathy Hockle, who said she is trying to get ahead of what she calls a winter surge for three main reasons. Increased cases, reduced hospital capacity, and insufficient vaccine rates in certain areas. The mandate will be in effect until January 15th. Now in South Africa, President Cyril Ramaphosa is getting treatment for mild COVID-19 symptoms after testing positive. Ramaphosa, who's fully vaccinated, recently returned from a trip in West Africa. South Africa is where scientists identified the new Omicron variant. With this Omicron variant, I'll tell you, I talked to a few people this weekend, though. And people are like over it. They're like, what else do you want me to do? I have my booster. I don't want any like surges. I've done everything I can. I just want to go home for the holidays. My good friend Brandon, who celebrated a, b- a birthday this weekend, was supposed to go to Thailand. He had it planned for months. He just canceled last minute because he's afraid he's going to get stuck there with all of the new <clears throat> requirements and the new.
3: I'll tell goals. you this though if there's a place to get stuck, it's Thailand.
2: But he's got gigs. He's got work.
3: They're cheap and gorgeous. He you live there for a long time for nothing.
2: I know, but he can't. <laughs> All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It was cold this weekend, kind of, right? It's gonna yeah. be a high of 66 in Cathedral City, 66 in La Quinta, a high of 46 in Buffalo, 61 in Atlanta, 72 in Phoenix, 82 in Miami, 70 in Houston, 59 in Vegas, and 57 in L.A.
3: Yeah, I, just to acknowledge... All, all the devastation, and loss of life over the weekend of the tornadoes across the Midwest. We are going to talk about it in, in News on the Beat in the next hour. Um, at least 100 people feared dead uh, after tornadoes hit eight different states. My family was right in that zone, and my little niece uh, lived in Bowling, lives in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and happened to be out of town, and that town was wiped out. Oh my, so my God, thank was safe, God! Thank God. Thank uh, God. But uh, we are going to talk about it a bit also, and so what did I miss? Coming up in just a little bit. Uh, but here is your vibe of the day. A leader is a person who has. People following them because they want to, not because you're forced to. Uh, we're not going to force you to do this, but if you want some free gasoline, you're in luck. Santa's coming early. Listen to Channel Q on the Odyssey app to win free weekly gas tank fill-ups and qualify to win gas for an entire year. That's right, an entire year. Just take us with you anywhere you go on the Odyssey app or listen at home on your smart speaker. Just ask Siri to play Channel Q and let Channel Q pick up your gas tab for a week or a year.
2: I'm loving that, honey. All right, well, coming up in What Did I Miss? We're talking about the devastation that happened this weekend and what you need to know. Coming up next.
4: So what did I miss? What did I miss?
3: Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's time to uh, catch you up on all of the stories you may have missed over the weekend. Unfortunately, the Midwest was hit with a, a series of devastating tornadoes, uh, leaving countless lives lost and still more being uh, searched for in the rubble uh, amongst it all. Mm. Kentucky hit so, so hard. Um, and Governor Bashir just speaking moments ago that there's a candle factory that went down in Kentucky and he said we'll be absolutely a miracle if we find any more people alive um and and who knows how high that number could go you know i've got family in kentucky i'm from i'm from ohio but i was just in kentucky a few weeks ago visiting in northern kentucky my little niece lives in bowling green and bowling green was devastated the town just nearly wiped out entire sections of it and i i, I shot my sister a message right away i'm like how are you is everybody okay because i knew it hit and that's just a weird feeling to be like my niece lives there and it's the, the town's like essentially yeah. flattened and she's like, I didn't
2: realize it was Bowling Green.
3: Yeah, Bowling Green, Kentucky, uh, is one of the one of the places that was hit really hard. And my my niece just happened to be out of town the week this weekend because my family was driving to uh, to a, like a holiday getaway weekend uh, at the Biltmore Estate, uh, and so they were all together in her town, which was not hit, fortunately. Uh, but it's just so devastating. And there's a story of an of a woman, and she and she's not necessarily blaming Amazon, but her husband uh, was a delivery driver for Amazon uh, in Illinois, in Edwardsville, and he'd just been working there for about five months. And they text each other whenever he's getting ready to, whenever he has the truck loaded up and he's getting ready to head out on the road. And then when he heads back in, they usually text each other so she knows where he is and what's going on. They have children together, you know, and like I said, he just started there five months mm-hmm. ago. Well, it takes about, I guess, 13 minutes to get from the factory to their home, which was not hit by the tornadoes. And, and they have a basement and they would have been safe. But his his supervisor would not let him leave because he said that the weather was too bad. They're not allowed to go out on another run until the weather calms down, which is probably the right choice. Yeah. But this man, you know, lost his life because the Amazon factory is wiped out. He and four other people lost their lives. And, and she's saying, I don't blame Amazon, but had he been able to come home and been safely with his family, he might be alive right now. That's
2: so interesting. Which is not a
3: guarantee, but still, you never know.
2: Yeah. know. My very first boyfriend, my serious boyfriend, um, who I almost moved to Nashville with, was from Bowling Green, Kentucky. And um, I didn't even think about that, but I I feel like that's so devastating to know his family lived there. Yeah. And um, I can't imagine having a whole... Town wiped out right before the holidays. Coming off of Thanksgiving, you're preparing. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that any time of the year is it's devastating. A good Always, time, but, but it's the
3: holidays. Yeah, and it's, it's extra. awful. I mean, a really really bad tornado. I think hit my hometown a year or two ago before the holidays. And I grew up with tornadoes all the time. I remember the high school. Uh, the rooftop of our high school got ripped off one summer while we were, you know, the tree in our front yard got ripped out. The steeple from our church literally was taken. It's massive, hundred year old church. The steeple was like literally lifted and then set back down in. In the church cockeyed mm-hmm. so that like light was exposed and like rain was coming in God. it's just devastating entire neighborhoods just wiped out so sad tornadoes are terrifying i lived through a couple scary ones as, as a child so yeah. sending our thoughts and prayers obviously to everyone affected and we'll keep you updated on 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 the latest
2: all right well this story is crazy when everybody thought that getting vaccinated was going to lead to chips in your body they didn't think it was going to come from elon musk now elon musk is named time person of the year he's the ceo of tesla and SpaceX. The most influential of 2021, which is a big deal for him. He's uh, not just the world's richest person, but also perhaps the richest example of a massive shift in our society. Uh, Now, this tradition from time began in 1927 as man of the year and has since changed to not only recognize an individual, but also to consider the impact of a group movement or idea that had the most influence in the past year. Uh, The annual choice is not necessarily considered an honor since the selection could have wielded negative influence. For example, Adolf Hitler was named Man of the Year in 1938. Wow. Uh, But I do find it's really interesting. Uh, It doesn't say this in the article, but I read this, so I'm going to talk about it. He said that by 2022, there could be chips installed in our brains. That would potentially help like spinal cord injuries or could help uh in with the neurological system in some sort of way, which is kind of terrifying. Would you put a brain in your chip to, to... A
3: brain in my chip? A chip in oh, your brain? Sounds, like, you need a chip Maybe in your brain. I have one. Um yeah if i thought i had something really like that was going to impact my life negatively for a long time and there was a way to like regulate that by putting a chip in, absolutely i would yeah that i would do now because i think what people hear these stories and they think oh we're gonna get chips and planting on our brains at like a you know at a facility and we all have to do it no if if Not yet, though, and that's the thing. Who knows? Who knows where it could all go? But if there's technology there, listen, I grew up on Star Trek, and they are scanning people and doing things to them to heal them in medicine, and that was like very space-age back then, and it's becoming reality now. Uh, Those sorts of things, not scanning people, obviously, but um, if it Uh, helps, I'm sure people thought it was really wild and scary to put chips in their dogs at first, too.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I'm not if... a dog and I'm not down for a chip, honey. I would rather just die naturally. They don't
3: need to chip you. I've never seen you without your cell phone in your life. So you're, you're already <laughs> they chipped. They know where you are always. They can hear everything you're saying. They probably know what you're thinking too.
5: Yes. Uh,
3: you're probably down for these uh, camels uh, and you probably can relate to them because you come from the world of pageants. You've competed. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, And sometimes you do what you got to do to compete and to look and feel your absolute best. Well, dozens of camels have been barred from Saudi Arabia beauty contest over Botox and other touch-ups. That's right. Wait, they got what? Botox injections, facelifts, and other cosmetic alterations to make the camels more attractive, and they are strictly po- prohibited, but they've been banned. They've been busted. Over 40 camels were disqualified from the annual pageant just re- recently because of Botox. Camels getting Botox. Well, they're Wait, also- what? It's a big deal. There's a big beauty competition over in Saudi Arabia, and they compete for over $66 million in prize money. So these these camels. Are Wait! Getting... They
2: stretched out their lips in order for them to look bigger and juicier. Mm-hmm. These camels. Yeah. They put them on hormones so that they'd be more pumped up. Uh huh. They, they injected... injected camel's heads and lips with Botox to make them bigger. Inflated body parts with rubber bands and used fillers to relax their faces. Also, what kind of sick?
3: Also, how disgusting is that? <laughs> That's messed up.
2: First of all. Botox is probably not great, but I know that I'm putting it in my face and I'm responsible for that. These camels, that's disgusting. I'll
3: tell you this. Until you've been kicked in the face on national television in front of millions and millions of viewers and knocked on your butt by a camel, um, there's no follow-up to that. It just happened to me and I wanted to find a way to share that story with you right now. Yeah,
2: but they're animals. <laughs> Thank God, I didn't have
3: Botox, Botox at the time.
2: Yeah, but they're like animals. It's, it's they don't cruel. even know what's it going really on. It really is absolutely
3: cruel. Um, and that's disgusting. It's a, it's a funny headline, but it's also really gross.
2: Yeah, but also as like an animal lover, that's so gross. Get your big old butts off of them anyway. They probably don't like carrying your big butt around. But
3: also, I ride horses and I eat ribeyes, so that's not very kind to animals either.
2: Yeah, it's not. And that's a whole issue in itself, but to give them Botox and stretch out their lips that's and wild. put rubber bands over their body to make it smaller?
3: But what but what if it makes them prettier?
2: Ugh. Listen, the only thing I want is a camel toe, honey, and I have enough issues with that. Okay,
3: <laughs> You sure do.
2: Tucks there.
1: <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: <laughs> Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Now, uh, with this verdict on the Jesse Smollett case coming down last week, uh, it stirred up a lot of emotions, a lot of mixed emotions from within our own community, which is one thing. Uh, he's one of our own. He's a queer black man and uh Right, wrong, or indifferent, we still love and support his blackness and his queerness. That doesn't mean that everybody necessarily supports, you know, what he says did or did not actually happen happen uh, on that night in Chicago a couple of years ago. Now the jury has said that they believe um, that he lied. He is found found guilty on five different counts. Right. Um, as a human, I can still feel for him and feel compassion that if he did in fact lie. That he was coming from a place of hurt or brokenness and just sort of screaming for somebody to hear what was going on in the world, especially in a Donald Trump America as a queer person and a black person in that time and and now, right? They're different conversations for me. Well, now right wing conservatives and media and and social media uh, are they're going in now on Elliot Page and also dead naming him, uh, Elliot Page, formerly Elaine Page, and uh, Elaine, or Ellen, I'm sorry, Ellen, I'm sorry, sorry. Ellen had appeared on the Stephen Colbert show uh, during that time uh, before they transitioned and talked about Jesse Smollett and, and sort of where we are uh, in America under Donald Trump. Take a listen.
2: Connect the dots. This is what happens. If you are in a position of power and you hate people, and you wanna cause suffering to them. You go through the trouble, you spend your career trying to cause suffering. What do you think is gonna happen? Kids are gonna be abused, and they're gonna kill
5: themselves, and people are gonna be beaten on the street. I have traveled the world, and I have met the most marginalized people you could meet. I am lucky to have this time and the
2: privilege to say this. This needs to f- stop. Um- First of all, the show that Elliot Page did was really, really incredible. And I don't know right wing or leftists who's done what they did with their show. They really went into the trenches of everything to find people who were really broken down. And when Jesse Smollett first came out, I was right there in West Hollywood chanting for justice. I think that everybody with a brain and a heart was because the story that happened to Jesse Smollett, unfortunately is not a new story. Now, Mm-mm. did Jussie uh, use it to his advantage? Yes. Does it make those stories untrue? No. Why it's problematic, though, and I think that why the community is upset with Jussie is because of his story, it gives these right-wingers the opportunity to go, see, they're all crazy. They're they lying. discredit
3: everything because of it.
2: And now they've got this story against Elliot Page, who they can now dead name. And I just think that it's really... I mean, what do you say to that? Like,
3: Well, it's interesting to me because, like... Uh, also, what they're sharing, though, is a clip from when Elliot lived as Ellen. And, and, and even Stephen Colbert's show had tagged Ellen Page at the time because that's how Elliot was living at the time. Right. So I don't know how... I don't know that conservative Republicans... That are posting this stuff on social media, I, I don't think that they even, which is almost even worse in some ways. I don't know that they're knowingly dead naming Elliot. I think that they're they're not able to wrap their brains around what that even that, that transition even looks like. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I would guarantee you that if I went and talked to most of my even close friends and family back home, and I said dead name, they would have no, no clue what I was talking about. Perfect example. My sister and my brother in law—they li- li- listen in Northern Kentucky all the time. Jerry could be listening right now. Love them to death. And we talked about. Remember, Jerry reached out, and this is what this is what our straight allies should be doing, by the way. But reached out said, "You guys keep saying cis on your show." This was like a year or so ago. So you keep saying cis on your show. What does that mean? Like, what do I need to know about that? And I was like, and I explained it to him. He's like, oh, huh, never thought about it. Yeah. I guarantee you, dead naming is the same thing because we did have a conversation when I was in Kentucky recently about uh, trans issues. And and they had a lot of questions.
2: I mean, uh, the men that are in my family, we love Jerry because they not only don't know what dead naming is, they don't care.
3: Yeah, that, they that don't part even care worse. Care
2: about trans people? They literally see it as a sickness. They see it as confusion. I mean, we did a story about an anti-LGBTQ book being number one uh, on the Amazon. Children's, a
3: children's book,
2: and the book is about this walrus wanting to be pretending to be other things than just the walrus. And it drags and mocks trans kids by saying they're playing make-believe. And that's how so many of these men in my family, Republicans, think that they think they're playing make-believe. Mm-hmm. They think they have multiple personality disorder. And so I understand wanting to reference Ellen Page because that at the time was who was speaking. But I think the bigger issue here is not only... Is it sad that Jesse Smollett lied and put a lot of people in more danger? We have mm-hmm. a story in News on the Beat that we'll do next uh, hour about yet another trans woman, the 149th this year alone, 33 what? years old, shot to death.
3: Because here's the thing. Elliot is not getting passionate and, and breaking down in tears because uh, of Jesse Smollett. Elliot's getting passionate and breaking down in tears because of all of the people he's met around the world Hello. who are marginalized and whose lives are on the line because of this hateful bigotry that these right wingers keep pushing yeah that's what that's actually about
2: yeah get yeah. it right get it right all right coming up in uh what's popping got Mick is weighing in on drag race's first straight cisgender male queen and we've got it for you next.
3: It's time for our first round of What's Poppin'? What do you got?
2: All right, so RuPaul's Drag Race just recently announced the cast for its upcoming 14th season. And as per usual, the show is turning heads for the first time ever. The Emmy winning reality drag competition series will include a straight cisgender male contestant named Maddie Morphosis. Now, people were really upset. They felt like that didn't, uh, that uh, a cis straight man did not really have a place on the show. And I'm going to be honest. I felt the same way. I was like, I don't get it. Cis, white, straight men feel safe everywhere they go. Of course he walked in to Drag Race being completely accepted, which is very different if it were flipped um, with bisexual or trans people walking into a straight environment uh, built on sort of straight culture. It would be a totally different story. But Mick is standing up for Maddie saying that drag is for everyone. It's an art form. It's not about your identity. And you know, uh, Trace Lissette, who we've had on the show, I love her so much. She also made a post. She's big in the uh, the ball scene. She was like a full-on Vogue bitch. And she said, I don't understand the difference because I feel like it's the same when people in our community try to use ball verbiage but have never been to a ball. Like, you think it's okay to be like, okay, yes, queen, sis, but have never experienced it at all. What makes that Okay. Uh, so it's getting differing opinions. There's a lot of support from Addy Morphosis from other queens um, and our trans sisters and brothers. I don't know. How do you feel?
3: I still don't like it. I'm not on board, really. It's different. And I think I hear what Trace is saying, but that's not the, the... It's apples and oranges. I think to say... It's the same as using a word that we use in our culture is the same as going on a platform in front of millions of people and taking a spot away from another queen uh, who's been doing this. Because d- drag is about life and death for many queens. It is It is a, is. a means of survival. And so for me, there are so many queens, there are so many talented queens we've seen all over the country, right, who maybe have auditioned how many times for RuPaul's Drag Race? 13
2: times, some of them. Nina
3: West. I mean, perfect example, nine times or something. like They audition over and over and over again. And to give a spot to a cis straight man, to me, just feels weird. It takes away from what drag culture
0: is.
2: I totally agree with you. And I think that that's something that we learned during the pandemic. So many of my drag queen sisters literally lost... Everything. It was so difficult. And if you look at it, when they're out of drag, when drag queens are out of drag, I still feel like they're very flamboyant. They're very gay and you kind of know it. Mm-hmm. With somebody like Maddie Morphosis, when they're out of drag, they're serving like cis white male. They could go anywhere to get a job and not be discriminated it's against easy. for yeah. any reason. So I agree with you on that.
3: You can sort of take it off. It's, it's kind of like the argument, and this is again a bit of a of jump. A cop but a- Cops, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cops get to take off their uniform. They don't have to, but, but my partner does not get to take off his blackness at the end of the day. Right. So there's still a lot of privilege 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 to step into that space and then step out of it and still be a cis straight white man that is is, is, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around
2: i totally agree all right well coming up it's money monday uh ryan vickery on is joining us to talk about uh tax tips and getting your tax bill lower before the end of the year this is a conversation i definitely want to have coming up next
3: how deep is your love tell me right now go so
2: deep honey as deep as the ocean my devotion
3: your your love for me,
2: mm-hmm.
3: wow! You really answered that like from the heart. I feel like
2: yeah, I did.
3: I have a lot of time to think about it.
2: No, I didn't. That's how quick I move.
3: You know what I love? Go off West Side Story. I'm going to say it every hour. I'm going to keep so saying it. The happy. Whole, I, You're this is so happy. You're literally the best happy. movie. I want to keep saying it.
2: I want to say that Emil, <laughs> who is my be- he is your fiance. Uh huh. Yeah. But Emil is my baby. If I need to have a a real conversation. I'm gonna call them meal because Emil thought West Side Story was about two gangs who could dance, and yeah, I'm gonna uh-huh. be honest with you, <clears throat> <laughs> totally. I felt the same way.
3: <laughs> like I, I can't. I don't understand. I, love I don't understand things I don't understand. So for me, since I was a little gay, a little gaby, like back in the day, West Side Story is like, like this, like tragic love story that taught me about musical theater and, and my love of like working through like issues and how we're all really actually the same, and have like, this big, big story. Emil's like, I don't know if I've seen it. I'm like, honey. He's like, no, I watched it with you one time. I don't really remember I feel re- the
2: same way, I though. Really I don't remember it. it for, I think I saw it years it's ago. It's
3: burned in my brain. And my he husband. says, yeah, it's these couple of gangs that dance or something, right? And I'm like, yeah, that's that's basically what West Side Story kind of is, but also with a lot more tragedy.
2: <laughs> no, it's the way that Emil says it. It's literally perfect. I feel Emil so hard. Two gangs dancing. And what happens to me? Maddie Ziegler. Yes, Ziegler. Zegler.
3: Zegler. Fa- no, she's fantastic.
2: Did you see her a lot in it? What's that? Did you see her a lot in she the film? She
3: plays Maria. She's <laughs> Maria.
2: Maddie is Maria? No, you're
3: thinking Maddie Ziegler. No, it's not Maddie Ziegler. It's not what the girl it? from Dance Moms.
2: Yes, she is in it.
3: No, that's not Yes, my, that's she okay, is. Look it up.
2: Google it. I already saw it. She was like, I can't believe I had the experience to work with Steven Spielberg.
3: No, maybe as a dancer. Yeah,
2: that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Do you see her in it? Okay,
3: well, I, yeah, Probably. Do you don't like, remember seeing her? I want to tell you this. So the actress who plays uh Maria though, her name is actually also Ziegler, I believe. No. Is her last name Rachel or something? What is her name? She's a Colombian actress. Um, and I'm going to find this for you.
2: Find it. Rachel
3: Ziegler. So Rachel wow. Ziegler plays Maria. And Maddie Maria. Ziegler plays Velma. Yeah, she's a dancer.
2: Are they related?
3: No. Well, she's she's probably a jet and the other's a shark.
2: But are they related in real life?
3: No. One Ziegler and one Zegler. One has an eye, one doesn't. Yeah.
2: One has an eye. Oh, why did it go right to like an actual eye? Yeah. I was like, they don't have an eye? <laughs>
3: All this to say, if you haven't seen it yet, go see it. I'm just going to say this all week long. West Side Story is a breathtaking, just like soaring film that will just give you hope again and, and break your heart all at the same time.
1: Yeah. So would you keep anything from the original? Like, would you keep Natalie Wood? No, Natalie Wood's a white lady. Well, this is I'm, part I'm, of the problem with the original. Yeah, some people yeah, No, it's problematic, No, it's terrible. No, no, terrible.
2: Even I know that. She's a wholly
3: white person. And, and there's entire scenes in West Side Story that they speak in, uh, they speak Puerto Rican, Like they speak Spanish, like Puerto Rican Spanish though and they do not subtitle any of it which i think is genius because there's whole sections of the film that you just don't know what they're saying but you can see it through their acting and also it's a reminder that not everything is for everybody like those scenes are not for the white True. non-spanish-speaking people so and don't do it it's so beautiful it's so good go watch it uh should we do news on the beach? yes honey okay uh, it, listen it was, a, it was a sad sad weekend across the nation um so much sadness going on it's i just try to bring a little bit of light and levity to the show you
2: did, honey. You did. All right, a 33 year old black transgender woman from Oakland is being recognized as at least the 50th transgender or gender non conforming person in America that was murdered or faced a violent death in 2021. uh, Nikkei David was gunned down last week on the early morning of December 3rd in West Oakland. She is also believed to be the 129th murder victim in the city in 2021 alone. The shooting took place around 4 a.m. on the 1400 block of Castro Street. Uh, and Police believe an altercation took place before David received a bullet wound in her head. David had just turned 33 years old a week before her death. She was a model and aspiring social media influencer who wanted to open a clothing boutique. She was described as fun-loving, considerate, and really sweet according to friends and loved ones. The human rights campaign records David's death as at least the 50th fatal trans or non-conforming victim to violence in 2021, a year that the organization has already declared as the deadliest on record since they began tracking violence against trans people in 2013. At least two other trans people have been killed in California this year. Natalia Smut Lopez was killed on April 23rd in San Jose, California. Uh, Someone she was romantically involved with was arrested and charged initially for her death. And then on June 8th, 21-year-old Poe Delwyn Black was found stabbed to death. Their body was found on May 11th in Nyland, California. Just devastating news uh, for our trans brothers and sisters. Uh, in other news more than 100 people are feared dead after a series of tornado- tornadoes ripped through several states in the midwest and south and transformed homes and businesses into piles of rubble late friday into saturday in kentucky alone the death toll is at least 80 and will exceed 100 governor andy Beshear told cnn yesterday making it the deadliest tornado event in the state's history we are sending um so much love and we'll continue keeping you updated on that for now let's get into weather
3: can i say this news yeah. real quickly golden globe nominations are out west side story got nominated for a best picture musical or comedy so did rachel zegler and ariana DeBose, Yay! who we've had on our show she got nominated for best supporting actress for her role as anita love that incredible she's the best part of the film yeah. and she's been on our show
2: it's amazing All right, let's get into weather. A high of 52 in New York, 57 in L.A., 66 in Palm Springs, a high of 70 in Houston, a high of 82 in Miami, 43 in Seattle, 46 in Buffalo, 48 in uh, Cleveland, and 66 in Cathedral City. They give us a vibe of the day.
3: A leader is a person who has people following them because they want to. That's a real leader. And uh, we're going to lead you right into the holiday season here on Channel Q. Uh, our, our parent company, Odyssey, is bringing you Happy holiday, our exclusive holiday music station, specially curated with all of your favorite LGBTQ plus artists and allies singing the biggest holiday hits of the season. Artists like a whole bunch of them, but also Michaela Gordon. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Sugar and Spice. Put it on repeat all holiday season. Uh, But we do have Gaga, Britney, Madonna, Beyonce, Sam Smith, and others. Just search Happy Holiday on the Odyssey app to listen now.
2: That's on Amen. All right, coming up, love this. It's Money Monday. Ryan Vickery joins us to talk about taxes, and he's going to give us tips and how to get our tax bill lower before the end of the year. Coming up next.
6: you could win a chance to fly off to london with three friends and see taylor i can't wait to see you at the Eras tour in london for more go to odyssey.com taylor tay in the uk it's on the odyssey app thanks to republic records this is a national contest money <laughs>
3: sure does
6: yes
3: but how do you how do you navigate the world of money it's a conversation not pe- many people have uh, growing up they unfortunately don't teach it in schools the way they should and there's queer people in particular uh money conversations can be extra extra important which is why it's time for another round of money mondays we're joined by our certified financial planner ryan vickery ryan how are you hi honey great thanks for having me we're talking about uh tax tips how to save money oh. as 2021 comes to an end but you just did something really exciting this weekend are you able to share a bit of that with us yeah, I actually
2: got married um, about a week ago today. And that's how you <laughs> saved on his checks. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> anyway. We are going to actually
3: we are actually going to have you back uh, to talk about this in uh, one of the money Mondays and in, in the weeks to come, maybe in 2022. I'm actually planning a wedding to my fiance of 9 years in Cancun right now, uh which I hear you just were just there. So we're going to talk about planning yes. planning for a big gay wedding in 2022. Yeah. Uh,
2: I do have a question I, though. I got all the tips.
3: Good, because uh, <laughs> I, I need him because I've about walked away from this thing about a dozen times. It, it's a pain in the butt to plan an international wedding. But yeah. we'll talk about it later. Yes,
2: no, I want to ask you a question <laughs> to taxes. I will say living in the state of California is rough when it comes to taxes. Oftentimes I look at my paycheck and I'm like, what is going on, Queen? I don't get it. Uh, so as we're coming to the end of the year, we're going to start filing for taxes. What are some tips uh, to get the most out of our paycheck and our taxes?
4: Yeah, so there are a few things you can do to help lower your tax bill for this year, hopefully increase that refund you get next year. Um, first, to look at what's called charitable donations. There's a special tax deduction for this year for anyone who makes charitable donations. You can deduct up to $300 if you file single or up to 600 if you file jointly. Uh, these deductions were previously only allowed if you itemize your tax term, but this year it's available for everyone. Uh, but you want to keep your charitable receipts just in case you have, you have an audit. So, again, that's that's charitable the donations. Okay. Um, next, there's a strategy called tax loss harvesting. This is when you sell an investment like a stock or a mutual funds at a loss before the end of the year. You can use that loss to your tax advantage because those losses can offset up to $3,000 of income each year, as well as offset any future taxable gains you may have realized. Mm. So if you're someone who trades stocks and maybe some of those are down, you could consider some of those at a loss if that tax benefits. And if you still love the stock, you can rebuy it 31 days later. Oh, that's interesting. So that's two things there. Um, also uh, regarding your retirement accounts, you could consider uh, putting the max into your 401k plan or your other company sponsored plan. You can put up to $26,000, depending on your age into a 401k and reduce your income by up to that amount, which, again, lowers your tax bill for this year.
3: Wait, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, you say that, that again. Day, which is, yeah, ex- say again. explain the 401k again. So you can put up to $26,000 into the account, which would then reduce the amount of income that you show for the year and which then lowers your, your taxes due. That's how, that's what you're saying?
4: Yes. So it, it goes in pre-tax. So basically it goes from your paycheck directly to the 401k without being taxed. So mm-hmm. in effect, your income is reduced um, for, for this
3: year.
2: That's really good advice. Cause I just found out I had a 401k.
3: Yeah. She's uh she's, she's, she's really on top of it.
2: I do. <laughs> in case anyone was wondering, I do. What, what
3: about our listeners who are coming into this? Cause I hit this a few years, about five years ago, I had a rough year where I had a, a tax bill that I did not expect. What if you know, our listeners are like, I have a feeling I'm going to get hit. A lot of us, especially in the entertainment industry out here or who work in gig work, uh, are, we have a mixture of maybe W-2 and 1099. Uh, it can be a little bit tricky figuring out what to put back and what, to, what you're going to owe. Uh, so, For those who might be in that situation and they're afraid that they're going to owe X amount of dollars and maybe they have a little bit to put aside right now, maybe they don't, what sort of advice would you give those people?
4: Yeah, so if you're a 1099 uh, employee, if you will, then uh, there's something called a SEP IRA, which you can put, I think, up to like $58,000 uh, per year into that, which again, kind of a 401k, that will reduce your income for this year. And again, which in fact will lower your tax bill as well. That's so really... those are probably the two biggest tax deductions you can probably get with them when it comes to retirement planning, retirement savings. That's really yeah, fascinating. that's really
2: good to know because I feel like um... – that's uh, that was something that I I did not know. Now, uh, one thing that I have a question for: if you live in another state, maybe not California, taxes are still high, but they're not as crazy. Would you give the same advice? Uh, and how does it work with states that don't have tax at all, like Alaska?
4: Yeah, so really, it's it's, it's pretty much the same. So it's because it, no having because California obviously has a very high state tax income. Um, other states have 0% tax income rates, but the, really the advice or the uh, general advice would, would be the same because to lower your overall tax bill, the biggest piece of it is that federal piece. If you're going to be in the 20% or 30% or up, maybe up to 40% tax bracket overall. So the, the idea is to either reduce income by deferring it and then put away as much as you can in a retirement advantage vehicle.
5: Hmm.
3: Listen, really interesting. Michaela's like, wait, what? love it. No, no I am. I used no. to date
2: this guy. I'm serious. I dated this guy that lived in Alaska and at one point when I thought we were going to be together forever, it was a week, um, We, uh, I thought it was so wild to be able to live somewhere where there was no tax and I, I loved it. And then coming to LA, it just like rips me apart.
3: Yeah, we're going to continue having these conversations because, you know, in the queer community, it's super important that we stay on top of our finances and our money so that we continue to start Absolutely. to build some generational wealth and and, and help the community out. But uh, Ryan Vickery, thank you so much for joining us and congrats on the uh, the yeah. wedding.
2: Yeah, honey, and happy holidays. Awesome.
3: Thank you so much. You, you, you as well. Have a good one.
2: Thank you. All right, coming up, One Million Moms are back, but guess what company they're coming after now? You might believe it. You might not. We'll talk about it next.
3: Well, the anti-queers are at it again. Anti-queers. That's what I'm going to call them from now on.
2: I like that. Just I think it has a ring to still it. i the word
3: queers in their name because I think that would really make them very, very happy. We're talking mm. about uh, anti-gay evangelicals. Who are upset once again? They're attacking uh, a major brand for including a happy gay couple in their new commercial. Sephora. We've both been there.
2: How do you attack Sephora? Yeah,
3: they've really crossed the line. They said. Now this
2: they've is, re- no, they've crossed the line. You're is, not going to attack Sephora. Uh-huh.
3: It's, uh huh. It's one million moms, of course. They uh, there are about 712 of them, but. uh they, uh, they're the ones who also came after the American Family Association. Uh, they, they're funded by the American Family Association in their attacks on our community because they don't think that we should exist. And they're upset about it. I think also what they're upset about is that two gay, uh, gay men in a Sephora commercial— Maybe a little cuter. Uh, their makeup might be a little bit nicer. Listen, all a million moms
2: needs to worry about is going straight to Sephora and getting a little foundation for that colorless, dullless skin. Well, maybe getting a skin routine happening. This is
3: not ironic. I don't know what is. Uh, the the leader of this group, Monica Cole, uh, she's calling for a boycott of Sephora now because their ad doesn't only feature women. She's upset about that. She's uh. So peeved that the ad includes two men in a relationship sharing a kiss. uh, And she says, listen, Sephora's primary customer base is women. I would tell that to me and my fiance. Okay,
2: but is it Monica (laughs) Cole? Like, is it these women that have so much time, the 26,000 of them that have so much time hiding behind one million moms Mm -hmm. to go to Sephora? Because also these kind of moms, and this is no Tino Shane, I don't even care if I get dragged. These moms are also like those podunk moms that like don't wear makeup. They like do natural hair, which is like your vibe. Yeah, great. You don't care about Sephora. Well, there's two
3: two dudes sitting on a couch with their dog. And one opens a gift That's the disgusting. Yeah. And that's what really, really threw them off. You know, she calls it an attempt to glamorize sin and, quote, make it clear where it stands on this controversial topic instead of remaining neutral in the culture war.
2: How dare we? So- How Sephora very dare said we? said the
3: homosexual couple is the only romantic couple included in the entire advertisement. Well, listen. Okay, so let me break this down for you, sweetheart. You want only women in the commercials. Because you said, as you, previously... Yeah, that but if this, they're
2: lesbians lesbian, should be P.O. But th- that's
3: exactly it. You want only women. You're like, well, it's the only romantic couple shown in the commercial. That's because... Listen to me. It's mostly women.
2: Listen to me. I will never forget the moment I literally died inside for Lisa. I didn't know that much about Lisa when she flew me out to Vegas to have, like, alone time before our gig the following Night, and that's mm. kind of how we do our thing. So I remember waking up, having coffee, blah blah blah. We get ready for the night, and this bitch pulls out an Anastasia dip brow and proceeds to have the proper brush and the proper technique to brush on her brows. Mm. And if you know Lisa, she's gorgeous, but I didn't really know any like androgynous lesbians, especially in 2015. That knew what Anastasia Dipbrow is. That was more of a very like glamorous thing to know, I thought. And I was like, you have Anastasia Dipbrow? And she's like, "Uh, yeah. And then opened her cupboard, and there was so much skincare and so much makeup that Mm. I would use. And I was like, do you like Sephora? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. I swear to God, my heart dropped. I was so in love. And... I because of Sephora, I feel like our relationship really blossomed that day.
3: I think that's very real. Yeah. I wish you guys would have been in the ad yeah. this is wild. Because one million moms, they regularly kind of like try to cancel cancel culture, but they're they but they are cancel culture, which is ironic. Justin,
1: oh, well, I'm just going down the list of things that they've been, you know tried to call for boycotts for or bans over the years. But
3: isn't that cancel culture? Yeah, okay, hundred
1: percent. But do you, do you know like all the stuff that they've tried to cancel?
2: Something. What? Point? Well, I know Gillette.
1: Yep, Gillette razor
3: because there was an ad where they were trying to teach you this this razor specifically for your 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 female region uh, and that sort of hair down there, which can be a little bit more coarse. And she and she says, "quote Can you imagine what goes through the mind of a child when he sees this ad?"
2: What? What?
3: Uh, okay, nothing. first
2: of all, as a woman, that now that pisses me off. As a woman, nobody teaches a woman. How to properly take, like, care, take of care of yes. herself. In general, like periods, anything. There's no like book. No one wants to talk about it. It's like so gross. I remember one time I wanted to talk about periods on the morning show and I was like, dr- they were like, mouse. Nobody talks about it. That what, been else? Very what else beneficial. have they tried to
3: cancel? Uh, Burger King. They're still around, right? WAP. Yep. WAP. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hallmark. Okay. Zola.
1: Zola. Oreos.
3: Zola, I think, is a wedding registry or something. Yep. I think we looked at it and we passed. Yeah. Oreos, America's favorite cookie. Yep. No.
1: Uh, DC Comics.
3: Yeah. Uh, Cadbury cream eggs. Why? I are like they British? Disney. I hate those. Disney. All, all of Penny. Disney. JC, okay, yeah. Wait, Nickelodeon. wait, wait.
5: You're going to the harmony. Okay, slow, slow down. down. Jay Z <laughs> Penny? <laughs>
3: exactly. That feels like that's their their, their turf. It's because they had Ellen as a spokesperson. So. Oh, God, I forgot. Okay, but
2: then uh, out of all of those names, which ones were actually canceled?
3: Well, they're all still zero, here.
2: Zero, zero, none. Not, Not one. Zero,
3: zero, zero, none. Nine. Nine. Come on, one. Erica Jane. Come on, Erica Jane. She's she got a hairline Jane. now. Did you hear that?
2: She has a hairline. Oh, probably... I thought you meant she has a hairline. Like she has a like hair, ex- no, hair like extension. Oh, I know, I saw they're it. They're probably
3: going to try to cancel her next. Yeah, they will. Yeah.
2: They're selling at for right now.
3: <laughs> it's time for another round of What's Poppin'. Michaela, take it away.
2: Um, okay, well, this is iconic. Now, I feel so bad this morning because I did not know that AJ had not seen just like that in regards to some of these spoiler alerts. Yes, spoiler alert, totally by the way. I the biggest one. I will say, though, I got spoiled. Uh, the alert got spoiled from me, honey, just a few days ago, and I was sobbing in my car. I didn't know. Uh, so this is a spoiler alert. If you've not seen Just Like That, I'm about to break for you even though it's been all over the internet and literally everywhere now. Uh, Mr. Big dies in the first episode and it's devastating. And it happens while he's on a Peloton bike. Um... And it shows the instructor, who's a real instructor, uh, but she's playing a character, and it's devastating. He suffers from a heart attack and just dies. Well, shortly after the episode aired, Peloton stocks went down, and people were stressing out. So it was iconic because the fitness company released a commercial featuring Chris Noth last night just days after his beloved Sex and the City character was pronounced dead uh, and it's incredible because he's sitting there with uh, Jess King who's the Peloton instructor in the episode but now they're sitting there around a fire and listen to the commercial
1: to new beginnings
5: to new beginnings you look great
1: I feel great Should we take another ride? Life's too short not to (laughs) And just like that, the
7: world was reminded that regular cycling stimulates and improves your heart, lungs and circulation Reducing your risk of cardiovascular diseases Cycling strengthens your heart muscles, lowers resting pulse and reduces blood fat levels He's alive
2: Ryan Reynolds. I think it's incredible because after he says, she would take a ride, they look over the Peloton bikes and uh, look, this PR team is so iconic and you know, I wasn't a really big fan of Peloton, but one of my might as well be childhood friends since i have known since seventeen. Uh, Tune Day is one of the instructors. She's one of the biggest
3: instructors. She's uh,
2: huge. She's like so famous, and we text, and I'm like, "You're kind of like the biggest deal out," and she's like, "I know, thanks." She like,
3: got me my <laughs> deal. She got me my deal on my bike. You set, I know. Yeah, I've known her for years, not like you, but she set me up with a good deal on the bike.
2: Yeah, so it's crazy to see. Also, Jess King, uh, who plays Allegra, her girlfriend. She's a lesbian. Her girlfriend is a phenomenal rock singer, and we also follow each other. And uh, I. I just I think it's incredible. Here's the thing.
3: Here's the thing. Even though I'm upset that it's been spoiled for me, I, I know, will say this: this is all set up. There's no way on earth they turned around that commercial in a few days' time. I and don't came up know. With no, I don't know. Because, because I think it's smart. I think it's so smart, and I think that also this is it, product integration is my call. Because that's a risk to take, though, to like actually like claim somebody died on one of your bikes. But I feel like Peloton had to be on in on this because if they weren't. HBO Max and the, and the production company behind and just like that could be sued so bad. Really? So I feel like this had to have been planned way in advance. They're like, let's think of a creative way to get people talking about the show and Peloton.
2: I'll tell you what, though. We know somebody here that worked in this office that was on her Peloton and suffered from a, a heart attack. Yeah. And nearly lost her life. And now she's doing better than ever. She's um, feeling so much better. But listen, if this was all planned my god has to be and but if also, it wasn't keep also in mind, my god. peloton's
3: the one that kind of like rose to fame after that commercial a couple years ago where the guy got it for his wife and like suggested she lose some weight yeah they're or whatever. known for
2: their risque. The,
3: the, the type of people who buy peloton and are in the peloton tribe don't care about stuff like that they want to look and feel their best that's it
2: i hear that do you know what I mean i hear that it's like
3: those moms those middle-aged moms who go to lululemon and buy clothes at aloe and do yoga they don't care
2: yeah yeah they just
3: don't they're well, die hard you your
2: aloe ball cap yes and your aloe sweater you know how many girls
3: I saw at drag brunch yesterday and like lululemon like tight like paint I was like that's not appropriate I have them on right now I know you do you're at work at 5am but I wouldn't do it to you're drag you for a drag brunch I know
2: that isn't appropriate put a look together gross <laughs> alright coming up what the health Dr. James Simmons joins us on promising new data about Omicron why you shouldn't be worried coming up next
3: good morning welcome back to the morning beat Kayla, how you doing?
2: Honey, you I'm got, so happy. You has got some good news. Yes! Uh, okay, so I told you guys at the top of the morning. So the top of the morning. Shut up, Michaela. I told you when we started the show that Rocco Boy was so sick.
3: Your dog for and anybody joining us for the first time. Not a human. Yes. Rocco Boy.
2: He was throwing up. It was just <laughs> coming everywhere. Not to get too graphic, but he was really, really sick yesterday. And I was actually, when I took him to the vet, I was like crying because he's like my baby. I can imagine how he is a mother, but I was so upset because he wasn't feeling good. He was crying. Uh, but Lisa just sent me a an updated video where he's eating and he woke up this morning and everything is looking so much better. So I'm so grateful for that because I'll tell you what, if there was any kind of emergency, we weren't about to, to be seen by a vet yesterday or today.
3: And if you're wondering why we were playing I Feel Pretty, it's because I'm obsessed with West Side Story. Steven Spielberg's a genius. Everything is good here on The Morning Beat. Your dog's healthy, and I still love that film. Go see it.
2: Go see it.
3: I'm not even getting paid for this. It was just that good. Yeah, you're
2: just obsessed with it.
3: I am. I'm also obsessed with you.
2: And uh, News on the
3: Beat, which is uh, what it's time for right now. What do you have for us?
2: All right. Well, uh, a (laughs) 33-year-old black transgender woman from Oakland is being recognized as at least the 50th transgender or gender nonconforming person in America that was murdered or faced the violent death in 2021. Nikkei David was gunned down last week on the early morning of December 3rd in West Oakland. She's also believed to be the 129th murder victim in the city in 2021. The shooting took place around 4 a.m. on the 1400 block of Castro Street. And police believe an altercation took place before David received a bullet wound in her head. David had just turned 33 years old a week before her death. She was a model and aspiring social media influencer who wanted to open a clothing boutique. She was described as fun-loving, considerate, and really sweet. Now, the human rights campaign records David's death as at least the 50th fatal trans or non-conforming victim to violence in 2021. A year that the organization has already declared is the deadliest on record since they began tracking violence against trans people in 2013. At least two other trans people have been killed in California this year. Natalia Smut-Lopez was killed on April 23rd in San Jose, California. Someone she was romantically involved with was arrested and charged initially for her death. Then on June 8th, 21-year-old Poe Delwyn Black was found stabbed to death. Their body was found on May 11th. Just devastating news. All right, more than 100 people are feared dead after a series of tornadoes ripped through several states in the Midwest and South and transformed homes and businesses into piles of rubble late Friday into Saturday. In Kentucky alone, the death toll is at least 80 and will exceed 100, Governor Andy Bashir told CNN yesterday, making it the deadliest tornado event in the state's history. Destruction was also reported in Illinois, Arkansas, Missouri, and Tennessee. At least six people died at a collapsed Amazon warehouse in the Illinois city of Edwardsville. Powerful storms, like the ones responsible for the weekend's widespread damage, are the new normal in an era of climate change, uh, said FEMA chief Deanne Criswell. Just such devastating news. Sending our love to AJ's family, my ex, 17 years ago. I think his kids now.
3: Kids might have kids.
2: Still straight. Honestly, his kids might have kids.
3: It's Kentucky. No tea, no shade. I'm from Ohio.
2: I just want you to tell wrap your down. head around the fact that I dated a man from Bowling Green, Kentucky. And we almost moved to Nashville together. And he played country music. I'll
3: tell you this. I have friends who, who I grew up with who have kids that have graduated college now.
2: I don't care about the I kids. I my first dog. I'm asking you to wrap your head around me dating somebody from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Me. I can see it. Can you?
3: You're low-key. Like, yeah, you love that kind of stuff.
2: I'm Loki Trasha.
3: Huh? I didn't say that, but you're Loki, like. Kind of a. Small town basic. But also fierce. Like, it's very confusing. I'm
2: the Dolly Parton of our generation. You're a
3: thousand percent not. She is actually because she's, she's never going to die. She's alive forever.
2: <laughs> let's get into it. You weather. can't say you're the
3: something of our generation when that person is still very much alive. So, let's, that's how that works.
2: I'm the Fran Drasha of our generation.
3: Also not dead.
2: I'm so. the Charo of our generation.
3: Don't. Is she still alive? Yes, she is, right?
2: Charo is still coochie. My friend coochie, Chrissy is everybody. still very
3: much like good friends with her.
2: I'm obsessed. She's Listen, good friends with her. My birthday's January 14th. I sang with Charo when I was a little girl. She was my obsession. Get her on the phone.
3: Well, you know, I won't be at your birthday.
2: Yes, you will.
3: Scream five comes I out that care. day. Michaela, i told you this.
2: Shut up, AJ. It's going to be a high of 52 in New York, 57 in LA. 59 in Vegas, 61 in Kansas City, 72 in Phoenix, 61 in Atlanta, 48 in Chicago, 59 in St. Louis, 64 in La Quinta, and 64 in Cathedral City. Now give us a vibe of the day.
3: A leader is a person who has people following them because they want to. Not because they have to. Amen. You don't have to do this, but if you want to uh, get some free gas, you're in luck because Santa's coming early. Listen to Channel Q on the Odyssey app to win free weekly gas tank Phillips and qualify to win gas for an entire year. That's right, an entire year. You do still have to drive to the gas station and put it in your car, though, Michaela. Uh, also, you <laughs> cannot win, so don't don't enter. Uh, just take us with you anywhere you go in the Odyssey app. Listen to us on your smart speaker by asking Siri to play Channel Q and let us pick up your gas tab for a week or a year. If you don't have the Odyssey app yet, head over to WeAreChannelQ.com and get it.
2: Oh my God, please get it. All right, coming up in What the Health, Dr. James Simmons joins us on promising new data about Omicron and why you shouldn't be worried. Next.
3: Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's time for another round of What the Health with our in-house nurse practitioner, Dr. James Simmons. Dr. James, how are you?
1: good morning
3: i am well how are you
2: hello dr james we're good
3: we're good now we talked to you a couple of weeks ago about the omicron variant and at that time we knew very little about it and you said in the next week to two weeks uh we'll have more information uh we're now seeing uh reports coming out of israel that a study there found that the pfizer covid booster protects against the omicron variant now just a couple of weeks ago we thought that pfizer maybe wasn't as good at protecting us uh what do you know and what do our listeners need to know
8: yeah, boosters seem to really be the key. I think if there's a takeaway from this at all, from what people should know, is that there was a study that was done by um, some folks in South Africa who looked at the Pfizer uh, vaccine very specifically just after the two doses, which we have up until now been considering sort of fully vaccinated. Right. Well, you have your two doses. They're look. They're seeing that it still works pretty well against Delta. Really well for like severe illness and death, pretty well at sort of moderate illness, all the other stuff. But it wasn't particularly working against Omicron. So uh, some researchers in Israel have taken that a step further, along with Pfizer and BioNTech uh, themselves. Both of these have come out in the last week that said with the booster dose. Uh, protection against Omicron goes up about a hundred fold, a hundred times more protection with that booster dose. Um, So obviously, you know, Fauci and Biden over the weekend and all of these people have been coming out and saying, okay, now's the time to get boosted. There are so many people who are eligible to get their booster. I mean, we are, right? Like 16 and up now uh, are eligible to get their booster. And we were seeing a slow trickle rate of that. But since the news of Omicron has come out, the uh, percentages of individuals with who are requesting booster doses are going to get them has gone up very quickly. And I encourage everyone else to please do the same.
2: I'm so happy to hear that the booster is helping because I um, was talking to a friend of mine the other day. And she's been obviously very on board with getting vaccinated, wearing masks, washing hands. But, you know, I think that I share with her the same frustration of okay, can the booster at least work? Do we need a fourth one? Like, I definitely want to be able to continue having my life.
3: Is this friend you? Were you looking in the mirror talking to her?
2: No, it's my friend's it manager. it feels like me. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm the well, same, yeah. Because it's important too because she's a, she's a talent manager and she also was frustrated because she's had to say, you know, no to her clients. Like, you can't do this gig. You can do this gig. And she's like, I feel bad for my clients too. They want to get out and start living their n- normal lives again. You know, we just had our holiday party shut down because of the news about the Omicron so it's exciting to know that the booster can not only help, but we may not be going into like a huge surge of, of you know, uh, Omicron. Of, of Omicron.
8: Well, I'm always the guy with like the always not so maybe bad news. So I, I do want to preface this sort of what we talked about, this um, uh, research study out of Israel that's looking at the booster dose. It was a very small number of people done in a laboratory environment Some of the data, there's a couple of other smaller research studies that have been going on, particularly with the Pfizer one uh, vaccine. They look very, very promising. So I don't think we can fully say yet, yes, the booster will absolutely protect you against Omicron. We still need some sort of larger scale studies and in person, like in real life studies, not just a laboratory environment, but it's encouraging. The other thing I will say is what is maybe not as encouraging is that, You know, the last time we talked about this, you know, I I was off last week, but the week before we were talking about we were already at almost 100,000 cases per day in the United States, still 1,100 deaths. Those numbers are up. We're now averaging 120,000 cases a day now. You know, Omicron, I think, has been detected in 28 states, which really means all 50 states, right? Like, I think we're going to have a big pop Boris Johnson in the UK is calling it a tidal wave of Omicron because they're already seeing a massive increase in cases. I think the same will probably happen here, but this is not to panic everyone, but this is to say the cases are coming, the infections are coming. How sick is this making people? We're still not entirely sure about that yet, And I don't think politically we'll ever go back into some sort of large lockdown, but I do think the smart thing is for everyone to remember that we are not post-COVID, right? Everyone, Even South Park changed their post-COVID special to be post-COVID, the return of COVID. Like, we're not out of this yet. We're actually seeing more cases now this year than we were at uh, this time during the holiday season last year, and we were way more locked down. Way more masking, way more all the things. Of course, we didn't have the vaccines, but I think it's just really important. I will tell everyone my three V's, particularly going into the holidays. We cannot let up on this, as frustrating as it is. Vaccinations, ventilation. You're inside with people and you don't know their vaccination status. Open a damn window or be outside. And the very good masking. Not your BS little mask that's falling off your nose. A really, really good mask. We have to go back into these measures or we're also going to see a tidal wave of new cases. Okay,
3: so just let's just play Angel's Advocate here because we're approaching 800,000 deaths in the United States this week. I mean, that is more than literally every major war we fought in, in a couple of lifetimes combined. Um, so just Angel's Advocate, you say that the numbers are actually higher now or they're actually higher they're actually higher now and we have all this information when certain places get locked down certain places don't get locked down so for people who don't already believe in in masks and and vaccines and all these things it feels a little bit like we do everything or we do nothing and the result is not that dissimilar and some countries have taken different different approaches how do you convince somebody that you know 2 years into this thing It's important to keep wearing masks and to keep social distancing and to cancel holiday plans or whatever you think might be the safe thing. How do you keep having that conversation with people who are just really frustrated?
8: Uh, Yeah, I feel like the whole global population is really frustrated. It's hard. It is a it is a complex, nuanced conversation that requires people to. Uh, spend a little bit of time you know this is one of the most frustrating things that i'm glad at least here on channel q we get to talk about this for sort of longer than just two to three minutes Mm. but what people get are tiktok videos 60 second reels on instagram maybe two and a half minutes on a cable news network about someone yet yapping at them about covid and, and everyone's tired of hearing about it it takes a really nuanced conversation none of this stuff is completely black or white None of this stuff is hard and fast, and the information continues to change. We just, like, as a species, don't deal with that very much at all. It's literally like going on a date with someone, and, like, on one date, one time, they're like, oh, I'm really into you. And then you call them up six hours later, and they're like, well, I'm a little hesitant. Like, we just don't process those things very well as people. And this is, I I still have to everyone to remember, this thing is technically, at least on our shores here in the United States, we think just about two years old. That's it. And we already have, you know, multiple vaccinations against this thing. We, we know so much, but there's still so much that we don't know. And the issue here is we have never had a unified strategy sort of globally that it will work for all countries because there probably isn't one. But because of that and because of vaccine hesitancy, we now are in a situation that we all talked about and we all knew last year that was coming. If we don't protect people against this thing, the virus will continue to mutate. And viruses tend to mutate to become more contagious and tend to mutate to become less lethal. So we're seeing that it's more contagious. We're not sure yet about the lethality of Omicron as a variant. Hopefully it will be make people less sick. And that's, you know, an optimal situation. it, it I wish I had a quick and dirty answer for you, AJ, but but I don't because it's a really complicated conversation. People need to be open to to learning and, and open to do, sort of doing the right thing for themselves and their community. Well, Dr.
2: James, you want to continue this conversation on what the health. We want to discuss the devastating effect COVID took on our pockets and why our health care costs are so crazy. We'll discuss next.
3: It's time for another round of what the health with our nurse uh, nurse house our in house nurse practitioner Dr. James Simmons say that three times fast. He's awesome. He's here once again, and we're talking about, of course, COVID nineteen. It's the topic of conversation today. Uh, We just had a great conversation about the Omicron variant and the efficacy of the uh, Pfizer boosters according to a new study. If you missed that, download our podcast on the Odyssey app. You can listen there. But right now, we're going to talk about the the long term. Economic impact of this global pandemic. More than half a billion people globally were pushed into extreme poverty last year as they paid for health costs out of their own pockets during the height of the pandemic. This is according to the World Health Organization uh, and the World Bank. That's a big deal, James, and and or Dr. James, I'm so sorry. Uh, and we're going to see the lasting impact of that for generations to come. How do we try to uh, negate some of that negative impact uh, now, so that we're not leaving half a billion people out in the cold, you know, struggling just to put a roof over their heads.
8: I mean, my honestly, my biased opinion, and and or maybe not so biased uh, answer to your question, AJ, is for everyone to hurry, just hurry up and get vaccinated. Jesus, mm. H. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm a sore on your airway. You know, the faster that we're able to get out of this, the faster we can move towards uh, you know economic recovery. And it's very you know, obviously, I'm not an economist, but it's pretty clear that when recession types of situations happen, which we were in, you know, globally a worse recession since the 1930s because of this pandemic, you see increases in poor and some people, there are so many people, 500 million just from the pandemic, but there are so many people here on our our own land and globally that are so close to being pushed into that extreme level of poverty, homelessness, you know, all of those different things. For any scenario, let alone having to deal with healthcare costs. And, you know, unfortunately, in the United States, we, you know, we live in, in one of the wealthiest countries on the entire earth. And this is something I actually just was speaking about this um, just a few weeks ago to a group of people in Oakland about how we have one of the most. We spend more money on health care per person and per capita than any other country in the world. Yet of the 30 most developed countries we have the 27th best healthcare outcomes See, okay that, so, but that t-
2: that's so interesting to me how do you how do you change that
3: system though because americans are of the belief system and this is who we are as a capitalist society that more money fixes things we throw more money into our policing. We throw more money into our military. Because I would
2: like to say the LAPD and I, I, you know, we were looking at all of these things that are happening in Los Angeles right now. And they were saying, well, it's because they're defunding the police. A 3% raise, but crime's still higher. It doesn't make sense.
3: Yeah. Money doesn't fix it. Like what what will fix this?
8: I mean, you said the big C word right there, which is a whole different conversation that I am only qualified to talk about as a human being who has an opinion, not because I have some sort of like other training in this, whatever, but capitalism, right? Mm. Capitalism is the root of all of this. We are in a very, very, very fragmented healthcare system. We are one of the few, um, we used to say industrialized, but, you know, high wealth nations, They're one of the few who doesn't provide some sort of nationalized healthcare system, and we pay more money in our own pockets, and here's the here's the rub. This is what a lot of people don't understand. We actually pay m- more money as a government for healthcare than anybody else does. Yet, twenty six countries have better healthcare outcomes, longer lifespans, better, healthier living than we do. So, we actually spend more money than everybody else, even though we don't have a nationalized healthcare system. And it's because we are in this for profit insurance healthcare system. Like, frankly, that's it. We're super, super fragmented. We have a pay per service, like a pay fee structure, first service insurance companies drive all of that. And there's very little, like they sort of regulate themselves. So it makes it really, really difficult that we all, you know, have to pay so much money for insurance and we don't have really good health outcomes. And we were already in a really bad place with that and the pandemic just took us to extremes.
2: Well, you know, I think it's really interesting because somebody that I know and adore um, has had really, really bad uh, health issues, neck pain from severe injury years ago. And instead of properly being able to take care of herself, going to a specialist, having her insurance cover majority of the costs, the doctors would rather just keep her on pain medication. And I think that then leads into so many conversations of like, the opioid crisis and all of these things that are happening because people cannot afford to actually take care of their ailments mm. so they're just given these band-aids to fix it and i just think it's devastating yeah the u.s ranks that.
3: just above lithuania estonia and Qatar, so that's where we are great yeah. awesome
2: isn't, isn't
3: that wild
8: well dr yeah.
2: james simmons we appreciate you so much thank you as always for joining us have a happy holiday season we'll talk to you soon
8: thank you very much you all too
2: all right, honey, coming up, the Golden Globe noms are out, and AJ's very excited about a few of them because he hasn't shut up about it. West Side stories in there. We'll discuss next.
3: It's time for our last "What's Poppin?" of the morning. I can't wait, Michaela. What's going on?
2: So many things, honey. The Golden Globe Noms are out. It's very exciting. Uh, best Performance by an Actor. You've got Anthony Anderson, Blackish, uh, Jason Sudeikis, Ted Lasso. All shows people have been losing their minds for. Um, Best Performance by an actress in a television series. Uh hacks came in and secure uh, Issa Rae. Issa Rae got a nomination. Which is so great. So did
3: Michaela J. Rodriguez McKayla from Pose Gordon. and Billy Porter. Michaela Gordon? No, you did not.
2: Okay, great. Uh Best Performance by an actress in a television series, Jennifer Anderson, The Morning Show. Okay,
3: okay, okay. Obs-
2: I haven't seen season two I know, yet. I know
3: I keep telling how many times have I text you? To season watch it. two, Jennifer Aniston is just unbelievable. And I never really thought of her as like a really phenomenal like dramatic actress she's so good in season two
2: yes I'm so excited well this is what I was hoping for best performance by an actress in a supporting role in a series Jennifer Coolidge White Lotus yep I hope she takes it I think she was incredible and we saw a side of her that we've never seen before she was also
3: amazing in single all the way which is the the, the queer uh, rom-com Christmas movie out on Netflix right now she's really it takes a while for the movie to warm up but she's really good in it
2: well best motion picture West Side Story grabbed a Golden Globe nom for
3: musical or drama yeah uh, or no. musical or comedy yep. our
2: uh, boss just came in and said it's bombing in theaters listen
3: it's an interesting time to release films and I think that the studios came to a point where they're like we not everybody's on board with a the theater streaming service hybrid and at some point you have to start putting these movies out again as opposed to waiting for another year.
2: But, you know, I will say this. Even before the pandemic, I was not a moviegoer. I still probably wouldn't have seen West Side Story uh, in the movies before the pandemic. But now, if you look at and compare, like, just like that is the biggest story right now. Because people would rather be home in the comfort of their own home watching... Uh, I think they going to the theaters now. People have gotten Maybe. used to it. Yeah,
3: I hear that. Because that is that is one of those hybrids, too. Because And just like that is Section of the City, which was a TV series first. And then it became a popular movie franchise. And now it's back to television, sort of. Um, West Side Story is one of those films though, that I feel like you need to see in a theater. And I can't imagine Steven Spielberg putting all that money and time and effort into it to release it on TV. Yeah. I think that would have done it a disservice. I think that it will be a slow build uh, towards Christmas. And I think once you get that Christmas break, then you'll really get to see if it's going to do well because people aren't just going to the movies anymore they're not going to theaters.
5: Yeah, I mean
2: I know that you're super passionate and you loved it so much and that there's a lot of people like you and then I think there's a lot of people like me that have so many other things to worry about. I'm not going to see West Side Story. I'm not going to go to the well, theaters. I think it's about
3: things to worry about. I think people've always had a lot on their plates regardless, you know, whatever the case may be. I think if you're a, if you're a movie goer,
2: but not even some bad things to worry about. No like if, I'm just not making it. There's also, no intention in going to theaters. But to also see a there film. was no
3: intention for you 5 years ago either. I'm just saying if you're But a, that's
2: my point. Yeah. People are like me. Where they just don't care.
3: But but that doesn't but that doesn't correlate to why the numbers aren't there because that doesn't that doesn't make sense because if you weren't going to the movies two or three years ago, you're not going now either. I think for real like moviegoers who are like diehards like myself, they'll still go. I think that all those casual moviegoers, that's what we're seeing. They're not there right but, now. That's They're what not what going I'm talking to the theater. About. Two
2: or three years ago, yeah. I never would have gone. But people that were on the fence two or three years ago. They won't go either They're not now. Care. They're not gonna go. Yeah. They'll just wait till it comes on Netflix. Oh, but
3: also we all have sixty five inch TVs in our living room with surround sound and four K, like we all have sort of little movie theaters at home now. Yeah. So, yeah. what would be the motivation to go and potentially like risk your health? And
2: especially with tickets being twenty bucks a pop, yeah. I mean, then you buy popcorn. It's there's a lot going on. Yeah. However, they did get a nom, which is very exciting. Uh, so sort did of Tick Tick Boom, Licorice Pizza. Uh, they look good. This is very exciting. I think tick, this tick, is the boom. most.
3: I think Tick Tick Boom is going to have a big award season. You think so? I haven't even seen did it. Did you yet. watch it? No, I haven't seen it, and I hear about it everywhere I go.
2: Yeah. Well, we'll keep you updated. It's going to be exciting. I feel like also speaking of the way that things have changed, the Golden Globes have changed. Awards Well, they're not even having
3: the award show this year because they're so problematic. They're taking a year off.
2: So what are they doing?
3: NBC canceled the show for the year. Because it was all white, and they they need them to diversify. Their their it's the Hollywood Foreign Press. And they need to diversify before they. I will say they had a pretty diverse group of nominees this year, which is great. Um, some categories, two, three minority actors per category out of five, which is a good number for them. Uh, it's finally shining light on some people who deserve it. Denzel Washington got nominated. Like I said, Michaela J, Billy Porter. I mean, there's some good ones in there. Yeah. Uzo Aduba, I think, got a, got a, a nomination.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, we're very excited because we've got two people we're so proud to interview. Uh, Coming up next, Kate Mara and Adam Scott have a new podcast. It's changing the way podcasts are being run, and we've got them here on The Morning Beat next.
3: Lots going on in the news here in our final hour. Michaela Gordon, what's happening in News on the Beat?
2: Well, a new mandate that requires people in New York State to wear a mask in all indoor public spaces unless businesses implement a vaccine requirement goes into effect today. The new rule was announced late last week by Governor Kathy Hockel, who said she is trying to get ahead of what she calls a winter surge for three main reasons. Increased cases, reduced hospital capacity and insufficient vaccination rates in certain areas. The mandate will be in effect until January 15th, and South Africa President Cyril Ramaphosa is getting treatment for mild COVID-19 symptoms after testing positive. Ramaphosa, who is fully vaccinated, recently returned from a trip in West Africa. South Africa is where scientists identified the new Omicron variant. Now, if you missed the conversation we had for What the Health with Dr. James Simmons, you can always download our podcast at odyssey.com. Now, in other news, more than 100 people are feared dead after a series of tornadoes ripped through several states in the Midwest and South and transformed homes and businesses into piles of rubble late Friday into Saturday. In Kentucky alone, the death toll is at least 80 and will exceed 100, Governor Andy Bashir told CNN yesterday, to making it the deadliest tornado event in the state's history. Destruction was also reported in Illinois, Arkansas, Missouri, and Tennessee. At least six people died at a collapsed Amazon warehouse in the Illinois city of Edwardsville. Powerful storms like the ones responsible for the weekend's widespread damage are the new normal in an era of climate change, said FEMA chief Deanne Criswell. All right, a 33-year-old black transgender woman from Oakland is being recognized as at least the 50th transgender or gender nonconforming person in America that was murdered or faced a violent death in 2021. Nick A. David was gunned down last week on the early morning of December 3rd in West Oakland. She is also believed to be the 129th murder victim in the city in 2021. The shooting took place around 4 a.m. on the 1400 block of Castro Street, and police believe... An altercation took place before David received a bullet wound in her head. David had just turned 33 33 years old a week before her death. She was a model and aspiring social media influencer who wanted to open a clothing boutique. She was described as fun-loving, considerate, and really sweet, according to friends and loved ones. The Human Rights Campaign records David's death as at least the 50th fatal trans or non-conforming victim to violence in 2021. All right, let's get into some weather. It's going to be a high of 66 in Cathedral City, 64 in La Quinta, 59 in St. Louis, 48 in Chicago, 61 in Atlanta, 72 in Phoenix, 61 in Kansas City, 64 in Palm Springs, 57 in Vegas, 57 in L.A., and 52 in New York. Now give us a vibe of the day.
3: A leader is a person who has people following them because they want to. That's what a leader is. Uh, You're a leader. You're going to lead us right over to uh, Channel Q for Happy Holiday our exclusive holiday music station specially curated with all your favorite LGBTQ plus artists and allies we're talking RuPaul Sylvester, Gaga Brittany, Michaela. just search Happy Holiday on the Odyssey app to listen now
2: Amen and
3: you can get the Odyssey app where?
2: Are we at channelq.com.
3: yep channelq.com.
5: that's com. right
2: baby alright coming up we're very excited Kate Mara and Adam Scott are taking their acting chops to the podcast that's killing it literally and then are on our show next
3: All right. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Thank you so much for joining us. We're super excited about this because C-13 Features just uh, launched its latest podcast movie. That's right. Movie uh, Ghostwriter starring the Emmy-nominated Kate Mara and SAG Award-nominated Adam Scott. We're so excited to be speaking with them today. So thank you both for joining us for this Odyssey check-in. How are you?
5: I'm glad you mentioned our uh, nominations. That makes (laughs) yes, they should be mentioned.
3: Those nominations will be with you your entire lives, Uh, Adam. I feel like we're (laughs) wearing similar glasses right now, which is super exciting for me. Um, I do have 2020 vision though, so these are just totally lensless. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
7: (laughs) Minor, minor,
3: just readers because I can't see things that are up close. Well, this is kind of a weird moment for me because people have told me randomly in my life they're like, "You look like Adam Scott." So oh. to be wearing some like, tortoiseshell glasses with you right now. is kind of a cool really oh, people really
7: happened. told you that.
3: Yeah, you're a very, you're a very good looking man. I take it as a compliment.
7: Oh, well, I take that as a compliment. <laughs> I take not what you just said, but that people think you look like me Kate,
2: I feel like as it's a compliment to say that people and what you hate. just said
3: was a compliment. <laughs>
2: We also look alike, Kate. No,
3: nobody says that. Bring it up. People
2: often say me and Kate look alike. Nobody
3: says that, Michaela. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we are excited to have you both here. You know, listeners are loving this psychological thriller. Uh, Kate, you play Kate, um, who takes on a a job as a ghostwriter, but your character is dealing with a lot under the surface. Um, And I'm kind of curious to know, how did you dig into this role, uh, especially one that is solely based on your voices? This is like a sort of an interesting medium.
5: Yeah, it's really fun to do because, um, you know, the, the challenge of not being able to rely at all on the quiet moments or, or any moments where you need, um, visually to be subtle at all, um, it, that's a challenge as, as an actor in, in a really exciting way, um, and it's different than anything, um, I've done before, um. Because even if you're doing, if you're used to doing sort of um, voiceover work or um, there's there's usually a visual, you're either playing a cartoon character or whatever. And there's always those things that you, so you don't actually have to rely as much on every single sound. Um, and with this, uh, and there was a lot of, you know, having to uh, spell out things that your character is doing. Like, okay, I'm going to go open the door now, things like that, which... <laughs> can feel quite unnatural, but you have to find a way to make it feel natural and not silly. And so it's, it's, yeah, it's fun as an actor to have those sort of challenges. Adam, I'm going to come to
2: you uh, because fans really know and love you from both comedic and dramatic roles in Parks and Rec, iconic and Big Little Lies. So what intrigued you about playing a character on a podcast?
7: Well, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of audio books, um, like walking dogs or, you know, doing crap around the house. I just always am listening to something. Uh, and I, I love it. I love it as a, a, as a medium. I think it's kind of, there's this weird intimacy, uh, to it where you really feel, you know, cause it's happening weirdly inside your head. And, and so you, you know, over a, especially over a long period of time, over a few hours, you really kind of get uh, connected to ones that you that, that that you like you get connected to it and you feel a connection to the to whatever the content is and um, and so just as a fan of the of the medium I wanted to try it out also I wanted to work with Kate and it was a really good script um, there really weren't any reasons not to do it
5: yeah, so is, you're so, so you're so good in Big Little Lies. Sorry, you just reminded me of that show, and I was like, oh. Oh,
7: God, thanks, Kate. Oh, so
5: good, so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kate, you were actually incredible in
2: House of Cards, and your death scene was also oh, So iconic. Incredible. I, uh, that killed and me. And no cannon. <laughs> what well, killed her too? Yeah. yeah she was dead.
5: <laughs> I re. <laughs> did
7: you guys? Go- I rewound it so many times because it was just like, wait. Because it was the season two premiere, am I right? Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it was it really was surprising. Crazy. It was totally unexpected. The subway's oh there, but you're was... not. Yeah, <laughs> I it still surprises me that people were surprised because I'm like, there's no way the, the lead up to it, I feel like everyone's going to know. No, oh, that's so
2: wrong. no. Everyone was totally unexpected. But that does lead me to ask you do we have any moments like that in Ghost Rider coming
5: from you? Because it was iconic. Um, well, hopefully. I mean, it is a thriller, so hopefully, it's thrilling. <laughs> I, uh, I what, don't want to give anything away.
3: But what surprised you about the process?
5: Um, I think I—I I was. We were talking about this before. What surprised me about it is um, how important and effective. Um, really simple sounds are and, and, and making you feel certain things. I mean, we were talking about like music is, is an obvious one. Of course, music is going to ignite certain emotions in us, but just like this, the, the simple sound of like a door opening or a, a, a floor creaking, you know, it's, it, it makes you, it puts you on edge. And, and so listening to to the movie after we were done with it, when all of those were added in, I, I, it was very, it was so exciting to hear. And it was a, yeah, it was a reminder of how effective all of those things can be.
3: Well, Adam, you kind of spoke to that you said that it's, it's very intimate. It's an intimate experience for listeners. Um, yeah. And, which uh, it sounds kind of gross. No, but right. I actually, but it makes perfect sense mm-hmm. to me because it's almost like reading the book. I remember reading my, my first Harry Potter book many, many years ago and creating this, this world in my mind.
0: You know, you're and now yeah. you're,
3: yeah, you're able to do that, that now with a yeah. feature film in a podcast form. Um, is this the next evolution of what storytelling is? Uh, is this a return to its roots? Uh, how, where do you sort of place this in the pantheon of like storytelling?
7: I don't know. I mean, I, I think that um, movie, movies and TV shows and visual mediums will always have their place, of course. and uh, And podcasts have... Obviously, boomed in popularity, and are now sort of a permanent part of our culture. Um, and you know, uh, audio. You know, like I said, I listen to a lot of audiobooks, and a lot of people listen to audiobooks. But you know, fiction and nonfiction. I think when well done, uh, fictional uh, podcasts or or a really well produced audiobook of fiction can be just as riveting as anything else. And like you said, you have to meet it halfway with your imagination. I think that kind of creates a a bond with the listener that um, you can't passively listen to something like this or an audio book and, and remain able to follow along, you have to engage with it and activate your imagination in order for it to, to work. And I think that's, that's uh something that's that's different than visual medium
5: Mm. yeah
2: Uh, Kate. you know considering all the things that we've gone through just over the past couple of years uh why do you think people are responding so well to psychological thrillers does it sort of take them out of this psychological thriller we're living in the past
5: couple of (laughs) years (laughs) oh let's hope yeah um I think listening to anything worse than um, the experience that maybe you've gone through yourself is a relief. (laughs) Um, uh, I don't know. I just think escapism is always something that has helped people get by, you know, and um and our imaginations are so incredibly important, you know, not just as children, but as adults. It's, 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 a, it's a very magical, important part of, of, of us as human beings. And so I think that in any way to be able to escape from reality um, is a good thing, especially with the world that we're living in right now.
3: I love the perspective and the way that you hold back just a little bit. I appreciate it, uh, Adam. Before we let you go, um, I'm kind of curious to know your thoughts uh, on where you think storytelling is evolving and where it will be five or ten years from now. Because not that long ago, I can't imagine a lot of people thought would be we would be listening to full length feature films like this on a podcast. Where do you where do you see the medium going next?
7: It's a great question. I I you know I I don't I don't know. Other than getting content. Injected directly into your bloodstream. I'm not sure where else we have to, we have to go. You know, I, I will say that the fact that, that I have this device, that, like this iPad, that has the world's library of films accessible to it, and it's an incredible picture, and if I put on a pair of good headphones, I have an actual cinematic experience. Just that alone. 20 years ago, 10 years ago, it would have blown my mind. Um, And, you know, podcasts are a similar thing. You have this endless library of knowledge and entertainment at your fingertips at all times. Um, And I think, you know, just in the past, like, four or five years, six years, I guess, since, uh, you know, podcasts have kind of really taken hold and exploded. It's been a really exciting exciting time. So I think there's, you know, endless directions to go with it. Mm.
2: Well, Ghostwriter just premiered this week and is already number one on the Apple podcast charts in the fictional category. So big congratulations, of course. Uh, Thank you so much for stopping by. And to our listeners, be sure to check out Ghostwriter wherever you get your
5: podcasts. Kate
3: and Adam, thank you so much. Uh, We appreciate you. uh, And we're always rooting for you, to our favorite actors. And uh, thanks for stopping by Odyssey today and checking in with us.
5: Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Tell me something good!
3: Alright, Michaela. I know you've been bugging me ever since you've known me to uh, go home to my home state of Ohio. See what you're missing.
2: That's all I want to do!
3: See uh, where I was born and raised. Yeah. So you can understand how I became the man, the myth the legend that you see before you today, Ooh. right? Well, I'm going to tell you um, that I'm not nearly as good as these two people, this brother-sister duo who have spread so much love over the last few years. And They're doing it again this holiday season. We're, that's right. We're heading to my home state of Ohio right now because these two, they're siblings. Their name are Tyler and Monica Slavin. They live in uh, the Columbus, Ohio area. They're siblings, like I said, they've donated over 50000 toys, $50,000 worth of toys to Nationwide Children's Hospital. They're at it again for the sixth year in a row, bringing 11,500 toys to Nationwide, which is based in my home city of Columbus, a Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus. Uh, They've done this for six years as part of their annual holiday toy drive Now, their journey to help children began back in 2015 when they decided to team up and do something special for children who are in the hospital on Christmas. The siblings utilize their school's vast network of students and staff to gather volunteers and supplies. The school does a tremendous job of helping us get the word out every year and reach new people since we are a statewide school. That's according to Tyler, the brother, saying uh, seeing a child who truly understands the joy of Christmas is Priceless. Love. We wanted to help these kids that still have that joy. For those who are in the hospital uh, during Christmas, can't even imagine. Uh, but they're collecting donations all the way until this this week. They just wrapped up and they hit their goal. Once again, uh, pretty incredible stuff.
2: Incredible.
3: I I miss toy drives. I feel like we haven't had them as much the last couple of years. I know. I know. People probably need them more than ever.
2: Uh, You know, I did an event last week uh, for Toys for Tots, and it was amazing because, you know, it's a good opportunity for friends to get together, celebrities to get together, bring a bunch of toys. You can have an open bar, but the most important thing is you get all of these incredible toys for these kids. You know what you should do? What?
3: next year you should launch something called Tatas for Toys. And um, it could be like a topless burlesque show or something to Ooh. get people for toys. That's the admission.
2: Honestly, I would do it. Get
3: your friends together, Tata for toys. Sugar
2: spice will never end.
3: <laughs>
5: All right.
2: Well, listen, this is some pretty big news. Channel Q won two Strut Awards last what? night. Okay. Favorite business and digital media platform. Now the Strut Awards honor the Palm Springs business and entertainment communities. We were up against a lot of powerful local brands, businesses, and influencers. So this was a very nice win. And here's another round of applause to DJ Alex on her nomination as favorite DJ. Take pride in your work and a moment to celebrate. Way to go, guys. All right, well, this Tell Me Something brought to you, brought to you by McDonald's. Um, it is the season to treat yourself and drink up the holiday joy. Now get a small peppermint mocha, hot or ice for only $2 prices and participation may vary. As always, thank you so much for listening as we inch closer to Christmas. I'm so excited. Can't wait. Make sure you listen all this week. We'll see you tomorrow.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?